and welcome to episode 52 of the Brood Sages. Stormbound players with a head for the game. I am Freeloader, and with me as always are Subaiku and Thomas. Subaiku, how's it going tonight? Fantastic. And Thomas, how are you doing? Pretty all right. <laughs> well, like you, we are the Brood Sages, easily the second best Stormbound related podcast in production. And as a reminder, you can always follow us at Brood Sages on Twitter. But for all of you who still think Wayne's World was recorded a mere 10 years ago, our email address is thebroodsages at gmail.com. So, fellas, we've got some community news. Let's jump right in. The uh, SWCC uh, just finished week three, if that's correct, Sabaiku. Uh, who won this week? The winner of week three was Nadernad, taking home that cool 175 ruby prize. Wait, wait, wait. So he, he didn't just win the judges side. He also won the, uh, the, the, the social side. Everybody voted for him. Correct. Correct. Wow. This must be one hell of a card. It's a pretty neat card. It is called Officer's Tent. It's a neutral structure, legendary, four mana, four, five, six, seven, eight strength. Okay. Underpowered. At the start of your turn, flip the top card of your deck. While alive, while the structure is alive, you may cycle twice per turn, deal one damage to itself for the first cycle, and two damage for the second. That kind of lets you move through your deck really fast at the cost of the strength of the structure, so it's got a little clock on it. Okay, okay. So 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 this goes all the way back to Magic the Gathering. Do you remember um Sylvan Library? <laughs> Absolutely. Sylvan Library was a f- like one of my favorite green cards way, way back in the day. This is going back. Gosh, I don't even want to talk about how far how long ago it was. But let's say I had a fourth edition Sylvan Library, maybe a third. Uh, this is kind of like that, where you can kind of f- find the card you're looking for more easily at the start of every turn. Now, I assume, uh, although it doesn't, we don't have notes here that tell us, can both sides see the top card of your deck? I assume that it shows it in your UI on the top of the deck where that um, little cycle, where you cycle mm-hmm. cards to. Yeah, so yeah. it's just you that sees it. Are you sure? Because, boy, no, it would be very interesting if both sides could see the top deck of your, the, sorry, the top card of your deck. Man, that would change all kinds of calculus involved with, like, can I afford to... You know, let a runner in this turn. <laughs> oh, nope. There's hearth cards on the top of the deck. I guess I'm not doing it. <laughs> well, hmm. I mean, cards are, are played as red. And it's just at the start of your turn, flip to the top card of your deck. So that means that's what you do at the start of your turn. Your opponent gets to see what's uh, on the top of your deck on starting your turn. So they can't foreplan, really, unless they do see the previous turn that you had drawn into hearth cards. But, oh, um, good point. Good point. Yeah. Good point. But either way, this would be a super sweet card. I, I can understand why it won. Yeah, no, Just this so this unique. would be awesome. Four mana is a lot, but the effect is really interesting and definitely would be worth it. I think only eight strength uh, for four mana uh, at level five. That's that's an underpowered f- four drop tower, right? Like I'm thinking, Fort of Embrock is three mana for eight, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Still, uh, you I think get a this lot card is like a. Um, Rogue Sheet. Okay. Turn you play it, you don't get anything, but then uh, you start getting that um, the benefits on the following turns. That's a good point. You actually can't pair this with Freebooters, can you? Because it's at the start of your your turn, you get to flip the top card of your deck. Mm-hmm. This with Freebooters would be really cool, though. I'm just saying. Just this with saying. Merz, just to 
You start. You play Murs on three. You drop this afterward. You just boom, boom, boom. Start moving through your deck to get to that token faster. Oh, that's pretty sweet. All right. Well, let's move on from there because there uh, it, are there are there is other community news. A uh, uh, little tip of the hat to Naderad. That is a really cool card. And uh, congrats on the 175 rubies. But we have more. Thomas, what else is going on this week? As usual, we've got Toad Games. Uh, They just finished week 15. Uh, Looks like Kirby Boy got first place uh, with nine games uh, net one for a grand total of 2,900 coins. So, yeah, there's a a little bit of an incentive to to play Toad Games. Um, And looks like Toad Games are back on for Monday through Wednesday. So the same time as draft. Okay. So so Monday through Wednesday, everyone should play so that they can give Kirby some of their gold. <laughs> it looks like things are going really well for it, though. There was a grand total of 59 games played. So this it's really ramping up, finally. Ooh. All right. Well, uh, I guess I'm going to have to get on that. Sabaiku, were you playing this week? I was not. I was on vacation oh. this week. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you didn't do anything this week. All right. Well, then I will jump on the last one, which is, uh, of course, our, our dear friend MK uh, is running again the Race to Heroes League. So it starts in, oh gosh, probably give or take less than a day from when you're hearing this. <laughs> if you're hearing this when we first publish, uh, perhaps it's already begun, in fact. Um, so. Uh, for all of you who don't remember, uh, you've got a limited time to get to Heroes League. Uh, but if you do get to it in the first, uh, is it week or five days? First week. First week, uh, 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 contact uh, MCAM, give him uh, proof of it, and you are entered into a drawing for all kinds of cool uh, uh, rewards. Or if you're like me, uh, you're in- entered into the drawing so that you can then watch Stony J win instead of you. Um, which, you know, at this point, considering how great Stony J is at everything he does, I guess it's not a big surprise he beat me again. Uh, but it is very cool and it's worth doing. So good luck to everyone. Get on that. Uh, the game does not end on the 28th. My friends, the game begins again on the 1st. Well, with that, let's jump into our main topic tonight. We have, of course, patch notes. Honestly, it's the only reason why I stay up late some nights is looking for the patch notes so that maybe we can do another episode of Brood Sages. Uh, And this week, or this month, pardon me, we have a doozy of balance changes. Uh, Sabaiku, do you want to give us our first one? Yeah, first one, the Melodious Sisters. The ability will now deal five, six, seven, eight, nine damage, up plus one at every level to the units surrounding the target instead of bordering it. And I don't think the increase in ability really matters that much. I think four to eight or five to nine is kind of about the same. But bordering instead of surrounding, I think that's huge. Uh, yeah. Melodious Sisters all of a sudden is real playable. Yeah, Thomas, I'm really liking this one. And I agree with Sebeku. What do you think? The, the, the surrounding from bordering is the big change. Absolutely. 100%. Um, six mana, though, for that combo. That's pretty hefty price to pay. It, it is. It, it is. is. But and now the reason why in the past we've always said that we don't like Melodious Sisters that much, like that drawback still exists in that 
they have to attack into whatever the target unit is. So if there's only you know one unit surrounding it, it's yeah, it it does its damage to that unit, but then you lose your melodia sisters in the attack anyway. So it's okay. It's not great, but uh, go ahead. Occur- I was just going to say, it occurs to me that we have not reminded a lot of our listeners uh, what Melodious Sisters does. Wait, doesn't everybody know? <laughs> so doesn't everybody know? Right. So so for those of you who don't know, four mana, neutral, epic, eight, one. So the stats on it, four mana, eight, one for level five, that's standard, right? Like that's your stoic. That's your siege breakers. Uh, so it does the standard pro- progression from level one through five, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, and then it's uh, a special effect is before attacking a confused unit, you can deal up to, and currently it's uh, eight, but it will be nine, uh, of its strength as damage to all enemies surrounding it, not Melody's sisters, but the confused unit. And to be clear, the base is an enemy surrounding it sometimes. This is true. So to Thomas's point about it being a six mana combo, uh, the hot combo with this is, of course, Sweet Cap. Uh, so it's kind of like Sweet Cap with HRC, Hair Raising Cats. Uh, but Melodious Sisters, instead of basically turning Sweet Cap uh, uh, into a, a Hysteria style play, Melodious Sisters turns it into like a Toxac where it just blows up everything around it. I think it's the right way to describe it. Yeah. Like Dark Harvest on a stick. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So Dark Harvest on a stick. You do damage to the target unit, but first, the target unit just gets rid of everything in the area, hopefully. At least that's the way it should work. Yeah. So what I still don't like... So, I mean, obviously there's a lot of conditions around this. One mm-hmm. of the ones I keep getting stuck on like even in the um feline brawl is the entire midsection of the card that says deal up to five of its strength as damage blah 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 so like that midsection if you're just trying to take out a five strength thing and you now have like a melodious sisters at level five where you want to do nine damage to everything surrounding well the thing that you're attacking into only having five strength is only going to do five damage to the things around it. That's fair. But as we've seen with like Toxac and Hunter's Vengeance, five or six damage is pretty palpable. Like it does a lot of work on a lot of boards. The The problem is just we don't get to control where this Toxac happens. Your opponent gets to choose the placement of their units, and then we can only use one of their units, right? We don't get to put an additional unit down. Well, actually, so so hear me out. Eight mana with hags. <laughs> right. But it, no, it's going to do one damage then. Yep. Oh, crap. Never mind. See? Right. So, and this is the problem defensively, right, is if you are forced into playing at your own baseline, this is inconsequential, right? Yeah. You have to put Sweet Cap in front of the unit that you want to attack, and now you no longer have a clear path to attack it. Unless you're on like eight mana and you have something like dubious hags or whatnot to move your front up and then confuse and and do your melodious bomb. It's it's a really good combo in the middle of the board, in the middle of the game where you're able to kind of stall your opponent and 
uh, reset their front. Uh, I, I don't know. I guess maybe even more offensively, if you can confuse something on your opponent's baseline, you can attack into it, you get some base damage out of it, maybe you clear a path for some other units. Yeah, I mean, so when I think of units on my opponent's baseline, I want Dawn Sparks, right? Like, that's the one that drives me nuts. My opponent always plays it on their baseline. It's the one I want to use. Well, this won't do that. I need hair-raising cats, not not Melodious Sisters. Yeah, and the nice thing about hair-raising cats instead is that hair-raising cats removes the unit, no matter how big it is, because it just attacks into something else. Right, exactly. Uh, I'm trying to imagine a situation where my opponent is not only playing units on their baseline, so they're playing defensive, I'm on the offensive, right? I'm on the attack. But then they have other units around it. Normally, like, if I'm putting pressure on my opponent, they're trading into one of my units just, you know, that's that's on, like, the second to the, to the penultimate row. So that way they can cl- start clearing units on the baseline. And what's left over in those situations is one or two health units max. Melodious Sisters, to Thomas's point, isn't really doing a lot of work in that kind of situation. You know, even though, yeah, sure, I can get like maybe a two damage AOE everywhere. Woohoo! It clears one. It's not like my opponent has a ton of units in that situation. So I'm trying to ima- imagine like, is there a, ever a time where like this goes great with against like a reign of frogs? Goes great against Zuri. It does go great against Zuri, that is for oh, sure. Oh, wait. Oh, fellas, fellas. So, no, there's nothing new groundbreaking here because it it still worked against Zuri uh, before this change. There's no change to this. um, And obviously we saw that it didn't have all the play in the world. So the kind of perfect storm, the reason why this isn't going to change that much is because of all the requirements for this to work out. You've got to run two subpar cards uh, being... Uh, melodious and uh, sweet cap mm-hmm. so that's number one number two you got to have good board presence to set this combo up right. number three you got to have the two cards in hand and number three your opponent has to have a decent board setup for you to get great value out of this yeah i think maybe we need additional confusion appliers yes low cost confusion appliers what if sweet cap had movement would we think of it as an undervalued card at that point It'd be extremely undervalued because then it'd be gifted recruits plus confusion. Yeah, right. I, I would play that. That's, That's like what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So, users. so, so, right now, everybody looks at it and they're like, "Well, it just doesn't have movement. It's like you're not getting great value for your two mana." And... It would be the exact same thing as fluffy bad boxers versus heroic soldiers. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> no, it wouldn't because 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 well, it, in we don't want to foreshadow. But as of right now, recording on the 27th, it would not be the same because Fluffy is stronger. No, so the, the difference is Sweet Cap is already just fine, but it's okay. situationally useful. Whereas something like Gifted Recruits is always useful. Well, Lawless Herd is always fine. It's two mana for six with no movement. Yeah. Sweet Cap is understated for, for its strength with no movement unless you really value the special effect. And to your point, the special effect is only occasionally useful. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm wondering if you don't fix that by just giving it movement. Yeah, no, I, I don't no. like that okay. at all. Well, then don't do it. All right. <laughs> Let's move on from there because we have more. We have another one. Uh, Thomas, would you like to take the second? Temple 
Guardians. Oh boy. So Temple Guardians now also triggers when being played on the side of a temple. I like this change a lot because just for the heck of it, one month when getting temples, I decided to put a Temple Guardians deck together. Of course, I had Flood the Gates in the deck. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you play a Temple of Focus, and then you play Temple of Guardians later on, and you only get two spawns from the Temple Guardians, which just made zero sense to me. So now, if you have your Temple of Focus on your baseline, you at least also get a spawn up in front of the Temple of Focus. So you get the normal value out of the card, which is what it should have been in the first Good. place. Yeah. yeah. The thing that's cool now is if you actually have some board presence and you put like your um, temple somewhere on the board, you can start playing Temple Guardians around the thing as long as it's not behind and be able to get spawns on each, each side. If you've got you see, two temples on the board, you're going to get like five spawns, I think I counted it out. Yeah, yeah, you are. But But hear me out. If you have a deck that is able to not die after you've played two temples, you're winning that game anyway. <laughs> no, just play Temple of Life because no opponent is going to get rid of it. They're not going to waste their time. <laughs> Which is a good point. See, see, the only temple I want with Temple Guardians is the Temple of Space because I think they should immediately become Temple Guardians of the Galaxy. And I want their <laughs> intro audio to be Red Bones, come and get your love, make it happen. <laughs> Oh, geez. Might be some licensing to work out there. Yeah, small issue. I think <laughs> Disney owns all of it at this point. <laughs> I played a little bit of uh, Call for Aid with Aaron earlier okay. this month, and yeah, yeah. Th that's kind of what this feels like. If you stick a temple, then you play this, and you just kind of provide a ton of stats on the board that turns the game in your favor. It's okay. Yeah, but what is the t so the problem? I guess the big problem I have. So Erin is giant, right? Like she is huge amount of stats. And so you do something like Erin call for aid. It's not just the free spell. It's a well, giant Erin. The, the Temple Guardians are giant also. The, the one uh, that the you body. spawn off of, the main body, is 12 strength. Is it 12? Okay. And then you spawn 8 strength knights everywhere so, else so, that's available. Like 12 Pretty darn eight, big, okay. Eight. Plus maybe another eight if you're lucky. Yeah, you, you get 50 uh, total strength off the entirety of Temple with three spawns. That's insane. Um, the obvious downside is they're on your baseline and does nothing to help win you the game. <laughs> if you can play them, literally, if Temple Guardians, if you could play it on any row on the board, uh, would be probably the most broken card in the game. And so yes. I am interested in the ability that you can more easily get it to spawn somewhere on the board but but only with temples right it's not all structures it's Correct. just temples just yep. temples and that's what we need to petition gpr to change here let's make it all structures i really want oh, to no. put a hearth down Good and then drop this no. next to it oh my god the hearth because <gasps> you don't have enough value when you get 50 health on the board i want it 54 can i get 54 <laughs> no I'm thinking with unstable build because it's just so cheap and easy. Right, right. Instead of unstable hearth guards, you play unstable temple guardians. Uh, it, it's a nice dream, but um, really, this is all just set up for the Fort Tonic the following turn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Again. 
Uh, but for real, it's it's. I think it's going to be fine. It's just going to be really hard to pull off. You need to have a really like slow controlling deck. You need to have lots of board clears, and then at that point, kind of anything that's big and beefy is going to win the game for you. This is right, exactly be beefier than most. Sure, it's a reasonable thing to choose to play at that point. It's just there's lots of things that you could also play at that point. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's fair. All right. Well, moving forward from there, uh, this is the one I think, Sabaiku, that everyone is talking about. Uh, it's been, gosh, we've been asking for it or at least hinting about it or, man, I mean, years at this point, right, that everyone said, you know, this is slightly overstated for its for its mana cost. Literally exactly one year. Literally exactly yep. one year. So, Sabaiku, yep. what have we got? Yep, we have fluffy bad boxers finally getting the axe. So the strength will be five, six, seven, eight, ten, down from six, seven, eight, ten, twelve. So it'll be as strong at level five as it currently is at level four. Two you mean it'll be heroic soldiers? It'll be heroic soldiers, <laughs> still with a bonus, still sure. still better than heroic soldiers because you get that confusability. Uh, which I want to be clear is still still useful, but because it confuses all weaker enemy units, like it's going to be really hard to put this into a gifted recruits or a sparkly kitty and actually confuse anything at this point. No, no, no. Look at it from the other side, boys. It's time to play Rain Bragda. <laughs> you know, if they leave frogs out on the board for you and you have fluffy in the deck you can still confuse all the frogs mm -hmm. you know get, mm -hmm. get those toads out of the way uh but after the bragda there's nothing that fluffy's gonna do no fluffy used to be able to you could respond and i know because i used to do this a lot uh my opponent would play rain bragda get a whole bunch of 10 strengths i would play hags into fluffy trade the hags into something and create a one drop and then just trade the fluffy into that and watch all these 10 healths crash. And that's no longer an option. Uh, this feels like an uh, indirect buff to, to Shadowfen. Which is a shame because Shadowfen is already coming out of the woodwork. You know, we talked before earlier in the month about it's weird that nobody's playing Shadowfen. We think it's really good. All of a sudden in the last week, that's all that I'm seeing. Probably 50 to 60% of my matches on ladder are against Shadowfen opponents. And without Fluffy being a viable counter to these mid-range Shadowfen decks, it's going to be so much worse next season. Yeah. Thomas, what do you think? I am so happy for this nerf. Um, long, <laughs> long time coming. This has probably been one of my most hated cards that it was so overpowered in comparison to mm -hmm. its, uh, its counterpart. So, so this is awesome to see. Um, I'm also extremely excited to see this thing as a uh, reduction to strength uh, for, for draft bound as well. I can't wait to knock it out of uh, tier zero. Oh, does it? Oh, this is going to. So we have to test. Does this knock it for, for draft mode out of tier zero? Absolutely. I, th I think so, yeah. Okay, what so wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Hear me out. Soul Crushers is a tier zero card, is it not? Is it still? Hey, it was for a while. It might be down to tier one at this point. Okay. What is uh, Heroic Soldiers in draft? I think uh, it's tier two. Tier, tier two, I think. Yeah, it's just not good. Yeah, so I think this is going to be tier one. Okay. Interesting. It's it, it, good, it might but it's be, not right. insane. It's no, finally it the same so strength. Insane. Yeah, it's finally the same strength as everything else. Like in 
as we know in draft bound and equals, like literally having that one extra point of strength to stick on the board is absurd. And this doesn't have that anymore. That's true, but it still does a lot of extra work, right? Like that's the thing about it. If you level it up, there's always going to be weak things on the board to get good trades into. Um, and then draft fluffy is going to be easier to level for sure. Right, right, exactly. But I'm just like, there's one health, one strength units all over the place in draft because you can't afford to upgrade everything. So there's good, easy trades to be had, uh, which you don't necessarily see uh, in ladder. I think in ladder, man, I don't like fluff. So so here's the, here are the other cards, right? Harvester of Souls provides for you a potentially cheap runner or cheap game-breaking card. Uh, uh, Loris provides for you oftentimes better guaranteed clears. Soul Crushers uh, can make a trade and be at full health, which Fluffy can't. <laughs> yeah, every single one of those is better um, than what Fluffy is going to be. The only upside that Fluffy has above those ones is that it's a rare in comparison to the rest being epics and legendaries. Sure. Yep. No, that's fair. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, Heroic Soldiers <laughs> is occasionally dirt cheap. <laughs> Yeah, I got to say, uh, this conversation, uh, to bring it back to ladder, is really just highlighting how bad a lot of these five mana cards are. And the reason why we saw no competition at that five mana slot really is not because Fluffy was so good. It's because a lot of the other ones are really kind of terrible. Like the, the strength that you get for five mana, the ability that you get for five mana, it's it's got to be really strong because five is a relatively large amount to commit to one unit. It's just really hard. I, I think Thomas hit it on the uh, on the nose with rarity. Um, Fluffy's easier to get to level five than Loris or Harvesters. I'm not even talking about on on, on draft though. Like no, on, no, no. I'm ladder. talking no. Me too. It's hard to find epics, well, dude. Right. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, but okay, so. Um, soul crushers is going to get like 15 strength i don't very often run into soul crushers on ladder but every mm -hmm. time an opponent does play it it's like oh that hurt because they are getting really good value out of it right exactly well that's why it's so good in draft as well right is because uh you kind of rely on your opponent taking that big hefty unit that they've soaked a lot of their upgrades into and you kind of hope that they're trading it into something of yours to to whittle it down to a size that what you whatever you have in hand can handle it. Mm -hmm. And soul crushers can clear and they're uninjured. And that's problematic. Now, the, the reason why they're not as good in draft is because it's really hard to get a level five epic. Uh, but going back to ladder, like Eloth makes a trade and remains at full strength. And when was the last time your opponent played Eloth? And you're like, oh, well, now I'm really scared. I guess Eloth is nearly impossible to play defensively, though. And that's its right. issue. Not being able to go sideways on your baseline no. is hugely relevant. That's fair. I, I, I think, look, I don't think I don't think that all Shadowfen players who've been playing Fluffy should switch to Soul Crushers. That's not what I'm suggesting. I am suggesting, however, that because of the health all being equivalent to Thomas's point, Soul Crushers a lot of times will clear five or six health and there's still 10, as opposed to Fluffy, which will now be five or four health, which is a lot easier to deal with. Yeah, I got to tell you, I 
none of this conversation is making me want to replace Fluffy in my deck with another five mana card, though. It, ooh, in, like, in which deck? Any deck. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> like, I just want to go cheaper and get something with maybe like good value that costs less so I can just move through my deck faster. And now if my opponents aren't running Fluffy as much anymore, I'm not going to be as punished for going wide and, you know, potentially getting confused on my units. So you're, you're saying you want Mistwives? <laughs> I think that's a perfectly reasonable card to play. I think so as well. I think that's a nice, solid uh, solid value for the mana cost. I kind of want to put Ubis into a lot of my decks instead of Fluffy now, I have to say, because I've always loved Ubis. And I feel like Ubis is just... If you get two pings out of Ubis, it's basically the same thing as what you were just saying about Soul Crushers. Right? But if our theory on uh, Shadowfen uh, coming up with a resurgent uh, based on this one's drop rate, Ubis wouldn't be a great choice. Like an Ironclad, I'm no. probably going to end up bringing in uh, Debug. Wow, okay, okay. Debug's awesome against it is. Uh, Rain of Frogs. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. And then, of course, in Swarm, it's um, still just uh, the best five drop being uh, Dark Harvest. <laughs> Never, No change. <laughs> All right. Here's my call. This inadvertently creates a nerf to Bragda. Maybe not in March, but but within two or three months, Bragda gets nerfed after this. Agreed. Bragda's got to, Bragda's got to get toned down. That's a reasonable consequence. In the short term, at least, I think it, hopefully we'll see some more variety in deck building and yes you won't just always see fluffy in your opponent's deck that'll be a nice bonus for the short term short term for, for sure for sure but now there's no five drop that clears a, a a bragda kind of turn like there's like everything all the other five drops just at best even trade into one of the reigns which sucks yeah Let's move on from there. Right. Actually, well, so before moving on, um, I don't know how much you guys have really paid attention to the Discord. So um, when I had seen this uh, nerf to Fluffy, I made a, a small comment in the Discord about how I really wish that they'd also buffed Heroic Soldiers at the same time to like 12 strength. Because even right now, Fluffy is still overall just simply a better Heroic Soldiers. So, yeah, I was just like, well, it would have been nice if they would have also buffed up the, the raw stats on Heroic. And I don't like to get into theory crafting at all uh, okay. or anything like that, but Brzoza had said something to the effect of they've got other potential plans for Vanillas that they're running through the dev team, and if it doesn't work out, then maybe they would buff Heroic. But instead, they've got other stuff that they're theory crafting. Oh. Something like a the first one that he just uh, shot off the hip was a um, essentially like a potion of growth for vanilla cards. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. And, well, and it buffed like all vanilla cards of yours on the board. So your lawless, your heroic soldiers, gifted recruits, veterans of war. Like it only targeted those things, but it all of them on the board. Sibaiku, there was a, in Hearthstone, Shaman Legendary that gave all units in your deck plus one, plus one. Do you recall this? Yes. It was like a six-man card. Mistcaller? Yeah, something like that. What if we get a new Soldier Legendary that just buffs all soldiers everywhere, hand, deck, and and on the board by one? Uh, I think I would put Snake Eyes in that deck. Oh, good gracious. That's a great idea. Ooh, 
no, yeah, it, it, there's definitely we we've talked about this in the past, and it's common knowledge. Like a lot of these vanilla knights, especially heroic soldiers, warfront runners, like it's just there's better versions of those cards out there. So why would you play the common versions? And I, I do hope that they manage to find something that works and gives gives players an incentive because, like we just said, it's it's all about variety makes the game more interesting when you don't know what to expect from your opponent yeah i agree i, I mean and and the good news is like i'm seeing recruits less which i like I, I like that i'm seeing recruits less um but currently i'm seeing recruits less and just kitties basically the same amount as i used to see recruits uh so we've got to find some way of bringing the knights back up a little bit and i'm glad to hear brizoza hinted a while ago that they wanted to do something with knights to give them some extra special oomph. Uh, it's good to hear that that hasn't fallen off, and, and hopefully we we see something soon. Mm-hmm. Moving on from that one, I know that's the big one, and that's the one that everybody's going to talk about. And so um, you guys now, everyone knows how the Brid Sages feel about it, which is fantastic. We've been waiting for it. We're happy to hear it happen. Uh, excited Mousers. This is one that maybe we haven't been clamoring for. Uh, let's see who's taking this one. Is this Thomas? Thomas, are you taking excited mousers? I'll take that one. Yeah, sure. All right. So, um, it gets just a strength buff right across the board. Um, going now to six, seven, eight, ten, twelve strength. Um, so it now gets the same strength that Fluffy had, uh, for the five mana slot. (laughs) So this is now the new, I think this is the, the strongest. Oh, no, that's right. There's Flameless Lizard that has the uh, 14 strength at five mana. But um, I do like the idea behind Excited. I haven't, or I've tried to play it. I haven't had much of any success with it because it doesn't have any movement. Um, but 12 strength body is always nice to see. Yeah. yeah, so 12 strength, no movement, on play, confuse the same number of surrounding enemies as there are friendly units on the board. So you do have to have some board presence to make this work in the first place. This can't just be something you jam down on the board on five mana. It's true. Unless if you, you're, you know, don't want to get any value out of it. So if your opponent just played Rain Bragda, could you respond with Rain Excited Mousers? Yes. <laughs> and just sort of watch it all burn down. <laughs> as long as you had front. Oh my gosh. What a turn that must be. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a really cute effect. Um and uh, it used to cost three mana for a little while there. Yep. They've, they kind of played around with the mana cost and strength on this card quite a bit. Uh, at three mana, I think that it would actually be really, really good in a heavy Bragda meta. At five mana, I just can't get myself excited to spend that much paying for it. I mean, this. so so back to your point about five mana cards, right? Like... The reason why we're playing Fluffy or sometimes Ubis or out of necessity Loris is that we are looking for something that either responds to our opponent's um, uh, attempt at turning the game around. So like a Zuri turn, we need Loris. Uh, Or we're looking for a card that turns the game around for us, right? So either we want to respond to our opponent trying to to, to take over the game or we want to take over the game. Excited Mousers doesn't do either of those things particularly well. 
No, like it's a, it's a really good stall mechanism. If you're attacking mm-hmm. your opponent at their baseline and they try to outrush you and put a bunch of stuff on your baseline instead, great. I can just put fluffy, uh, excuse me, I can just put excited mouse hairs down there and it'll confuse everything at the baseline. And, you know, now I, I basically won this game kind of like. Isn't Slyboots spend- just more than adequate and it has movement it to has do that kind of so thing you though? can use it flexibly to attack also if you need to as a right. to this when i think of or when i see cards that have text like this by the way thank you for reading that off for me i'm sure there's still plenty of people that don't uh remember what the uh, text says <laughs> yeah i thought um, this was the five three card right three movement five health no oh no <laughs> i don't even remember the name of that one that's rapid mousers the oh, other mouser. <laughs> <laughs> um so with a lot of these confused type of mechanics, it's essentially freezing uh, all your opponent's stuff because, I mean, they're just not going to get to advance their front line for one more turn. And and so that's another way to think about this, where it gives you another turn to come up with your <sighs> Hunter's Vengeance or whatever other control deck uh, tool you're using that's about the only situation for this card flaming stream you're just looking for flaming stream. Yes. <laughs> no, but uh, you're right that's a really good way to look at it like this is essentially moments piece at that point mm-hmm. yeah. yes it's a, it's a chunk of stats and and it delays everything by a turn potentially so the problem is so freeze you know where all those units are going to be with confusion yeah the front isn't moving and yes they're not going to go into your base but they very easily could open up a column for runners in general though you're going to get more value than you would with freeze and so i i still think this is a slightly more upgraded version of freeze right because i agree it's it's unpredictable movement but oftentimes you will end up clearing out some of your opponent's strength on the board yeah that's fair that's fair Overall, it's still just too expensive to be able to see play because this is the second lowest mana cost thing that actually guaranteed confuses your opponent's stuff that is going to stay confused for a card like Melodious Sisters to be able to utilize. Uh, I love um, Sly Boots, but the fact that it forces your opponent's thing to move on, on play and also remove the confusion status means that you can't also melodious sisters uh whatever sly boots confused oh my gosh i've tried it kind of F- fellas fellas i got it you sweet cap frost hexers on one turn and let your opponents flood their units around that confused frozen unit so that the following turn you can melodious sisters <laughs> You joke, but I have done that freeze and confuse in the that Frostling Brawl. Awesome! They play Dawn Sparks at their baseline, and I mm-hmm. don't have Sweet Cap and Hair Raising, but I've got Sweet Cap in a freeze. You freeze it, it stays confused, you find the Hair Raising next turn, and then you just end the game that way. That's brutal. Oh, that's so good. Creating the most annoying confusion winter decks <laughs> yes. and all deck of yes. existence. Right? <laughs> it's all just freeze and confuse, and eventually the Melodious Sisters will work. <laughs> oh we'll, we'll find the value. Oh, <laughs> Lots of broken earth drakes in there. We got this. This could work. Oh, well, so I have to tell you, I've been playing this Javana Rush deck, and I've been running into a problem where. I'm putting so much value on the board because I'm running like Ubis and uh, uh, some other, you know, big hitters of Mistwives. 
uh, my opponents just they're trading into my big boys and 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 losing those trades because I got such a tactical advantage, a value advantage from the first time I play Jev. The rest of the game, I never have anything to icicle Jev. On my turn, there's no units of theirs left on the board. So, so like something that's got a little bit more, uh, uh, just I can drop raw stats on the board kind of deck that plays in that same sort of vein of freeze and confuse might be really good. Like this is a big boy, right? It's 12 health. Yeah. But how many times are you really excited to play flameless? You know, like a big pile of stats just doesn't do it. And if there's, if the confusion payoff isn't there, if, if melodious doesn't do enough, I don't know. I think we need a, we need somebody to go back to the drawing board for winter felines and we'll see if we can get this to work. Maybe just give excited (laughs) uh, mousers just uh, one movement. (laughs) (laughs) So don't worry, everyone. We got rid of Fluffy. We we nerfed Fluffy down to 10 health. You're welcome. Also, hey, check out excited mousers. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Problem solved. (laughs) All right. So moving on from there, Sabaiku, Sheepyard is going back and adjusting rogue sheep again. What's going on? Giving it a little strength boost. It was uh, three, four, five, six, seven, and now it's four, five, six, seven, nine. So mm. uh, up a pretty significant amount of strength at level five. Uh, this notably takes it out of unhealthy hysteria range, which is uh, kind of terrible Good. because I just won two games in the past <laughs> week, weirdly. <laughs> with hysteria on rogue sheep (laughs) um but it still has the same effect of drawing cards for you it's now just a big pile of stats uh if you get the mana discount on the cards and you know even on on two cards then it's essentially a two mana nine strength uh which you know we we all play unstable build when we play ironclad for a reason two mana nine strength is real good um, so it could definitely see a resurgence there, but probably not. I don't think that the raw strength alone is enough to make it playable. I actually think uh, the other way on this one. Um, I've played around with Rogue Sheep, and I think it's perfectly good. I wouldn't say it's OP, but I think it's very good. I think for whatever reason... Uh, the play rate is below what it should be for the card. Although, again, I don't think this is an auto-include in every deck. This is not, you know, fluffy. <laughs> but it's a very good card uh, that more people should be playing in decks than they are. And this buff feels to me like one of those, you know, Brajosa says every once in a while they they nerf something even though it doesn't need a nerf just because it's being overplayed and they just want to get the play rate to drop a little bit. So they nerf it very slightly. It doesn't really change its power, but it changes people's perception. This feels to me like the opposite. They're giving it a buff, uh, I think, because people just aren't playing it as much as they should. Yeah. All right. So two arguments against that. Uh, number okay. one, we we talked about predictability and reliability mm-hmm. being important. And Rogue Sheep is neither of those things, right? (laughs) You never know what you're going to get from your opponent, and you never know if it's going to advance your game plan or be something that you want to just cycle into your deck every time you see it because you never want to play it. Fair, fair. Number two, I would like to point out, there's a fundamental design 
problem with rogue sheep, right? In order to play rogue sheep and draw cards, you need to empty your hand first, which means you need to either have a deck full of cheap cards or mm-hmm. a deck designed to go into the late game or both. And a a deck full of cheap cards that's designed to go late doesn't exist so you want to empty your hand in order to refill it with cards that have a mana discount so you can then continue to play them and overwhelm your opponent but everything you're playing is just kind of like easily cleared by hunter's vengeance and then you're right back to where you started there's there's this guy uh his name is brian kibler are, are are both of you familiar with him? He was a mm-hmm. uh, um, yep. Magic mm-hmm. the Gathering legend and then became a Hearthstone legend. Uh, he played for a while this remarkable uh, deck in Hearthstone um, that used, uh, I'm not going to remember the name of the legendary, but it was an Inspire legendary. So every time you used your hero power, it generated a random card for you. And he could win. I would watch streams for hours on end where he could just get the most random spells freely given to him by this legendary. And he just sit there for a second, realize what value he could derive from it. I tried playing the deck and let me tell you how badly I crashed and burned. I couldn't do it. Just the point I'm trying to make is there is an inherent value to that mana discount that if you have the skill to, 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 to apply to it, is phenomenally good uh, yeah, and, so. and it's possible i just don't have that skill <laughs> <laughs> well I, I think you're exactly right on the same or on the correct vein for that um a lot of the cards in this game once you just get a feel for them you just can kind of autoplay them mm-hmm. rogue sheep is like probably in my opinion one of the only like really high skill level cards to play in this game because you are being forced to play with randomness each time you play it and you have to be able to adapt on the fly you have to have essentially well not 200 cards memorized because uh, only a quarter of them are tier level cards that your opponents are going to have in their deck but you still have to have a very large chunk of the collection like memorized to be able to quickly decide what you're going to do on your turn and make the most optimal play um so very high skill level i'm happy to see the the buff on this thing seven strength definitely didn't feel enough it felt terrible when you couldn't um do a at least a clean trade with siege breakers or scrap planners or any of the other million um four mana eight strength cards so i think i think going up to eight strength would have been sufficient um i'm not 100 mm-hmm. sure why they jumped it up to nine but now this thing even stays on board after one of those trades which can make a big difference i mean we just saw that with fluffy so that that'll help out um i'm excited for it i'm definitely gonna play with it this one goes up to 11 see Wait, what? what oh my gosh you you gotta be kidding me you don't get the reference it sounds familiar but i'm not sure oh my gosh <laughs> I feel so old right now. All right. Well, never mind on that. We're not going to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But seriously, I, I will definitely be playing around with it. Like, I think, yeah. I think it is a fun card. I don't think that this is going to make it significantly more competitive, but I would love to be proven wrong because it is very enjoyable to play rogue sheep decks. Yeah. I, I my, my anticipation to this is, or, 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 my read into this is it's just designed to bring the play rate up to where it should be. Um, and, and if it if it goes over, maybe they bring it down to an, uh, an eight strength. 
to to bring it back down. But I think right now they're just trying to juice the play rates a bit. Uh, and and I think they should because I think Rogue Sheep is actually a very good four drop. Um, the, <laughs> the one problem with it, uh, I will point out, is you got to survive. Um, uh, uh, Edric was the most common four drop legendary, right, in the game. Uh because it helped you survive. It helped you win trades and take advantage of situations where you had up to that point been getting overwhelmed on board. Uh, Rogue Sheep doesn't do that. <laughs> you need to find something super helpful sometimes when you're behind and Rogue Sheep can't always do that. So that's my big my, my big concern with it is just um, you, you oftentimes need to kind of already be ahead to be able to afford to play it. And, you know... That's not always so easy. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, last thing I want to do is play this on like five mana and then have my opponent drop a bucks in front of it. Like, no! <laughs> a nerf. <laughs> Speaking of things that need to be nerfed. All right, so Sabaiku, give me uh, uh, this. There's the new card that's already getting a little adjustment. Function Wilds. Wilds? Function wild, just a few months old, yes. But now it's getting a little strength buff. It was one, two, three, four, five for three mana, which was terrible, and nobody played it. And now it will be two, three, four, five, six. So plus one at every level. Uh, speaking about power creep earlier, this is now just West Wind Soldiers plus. Um, you know, it it does uh, a vitalize effect for everyone who has never played it, which is probably most people. Uh, on play, it'll vitalize itself and one or two surrounding friendly units. You know, so you get, sometimes you get West Wind, sometimes you get West Wind plus one or two strength, maybe down the road. Uh, for for those of you who don't know, uh, the reason why we keep comparing it to West Wind is because it is a three mana card with one movement. And, um, and six strength. And now six strength, right. Yep. Uh, yep. Uh, so, so Baiku's right on. It is just a vitalized West Wind that can sometimes vitalize adjacent units, which I don't know, feels pretty good to me. I don't know. I'd play this. When was the last time you played West Wind? Well, so see, here's the thing. There's a <laughs> lot of good three drops inside the factions that I would choose to play over West Wind. Mm -hmm. Do I play this over Linked Golems? Or over Green Gale? Or over Upgrade Point? I will play this over linked uh i will also have green gale in the deck the reason i say that i'm actually going to play this in ironclad is because take a look at how much we play helio troopers in shadowfen oh yeah oh yeah is essentially west wind sailors no Ooh. it's seven no 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 it's seven that's seven a big difference seven is more than six that's right <laughs> good job spike you i'm so proud of you uh no the difference is if you open the game with heliotroopers yes it's basically west wind by the time it attacks into an enemy and this will be bigger um but using it to make a trade it's worse mm -hmm. or if your opponent is able to make a trade in response it's worse like i have not I've... played heliotroopers for a full trade off the Helio Troopers very often. It's generally into a um, six strength being dubious or destructo or mm -hmm. kitty or a five strength. And then I'm generally left with one leftover. 
Wow. No, okay, that's, so that's not how I play Helio Troopers at all. No, that's understandable. Like a lot of times, you don't get to dictate what your opponent plays on the board, and you just make the trade that you can. But I'm sorry, why are we trading? You make the. Trade. I have Helios in my deck. I put Helios on the baseline. At that point, then it's a West Wind. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not. My opponent cannot clear my front with a six health. Okay, yeah, that's fair. That is a huge difference. And function you can clear, and that's what I was gonna mm-hmm. trying to get to. There's a lot of two mana cards that do six damage at this point, and it if it survives for a turn, yeah, that's great. But does that one extra strength do enough? I kind of feel like it. So the vitalizing uh, uh, two surrounding friendly units feels relevant in this conversation it is flat out better than west wind it is just it is west wind with a benefit but yep. that benefit being on two other units look not for nothing and six health and it's right too. exactly right yeah. six health on its own is not the easiest thing in the world to get rid of five health is six health requires not all of your cards right there's there's specific cards you now need um if on top of that, we've now vitalized two other units that also therefore demand trades before you start getting good value, this is good. This is just flat out good. Mm-hmm. All right, wait. So you would play this on, say, say on six mana, this and uh, GP Destructobots? I might do it in a different order, but yeah. Yeah. I, I'm going to put all three of them on my opponent's baseline. Yes. So, and that's where you have the advantage over linked, right? Like you can actually put this on the baseline instead of linked. Although then, you know, it's still, everything is at six health or less. Here's the play. You put Destructo in C4, Green Protos in A4. Let it, oh, pardon me, uh, C3 moving to C4. You put Destruct, uh, um, Green Protos in A4 moving to A5. And then you put Function Wilds in B4, moving to B5. So your Destructo are protecting. Your Function Wilds are on the baseline, as are your... Uh, Link Golems is just 100% better in that scenario. Yeah, in that scenario, what I would have done would why, have been Wait, why, why is it better? Because you can then buff up the Destructo for better protection, and you also have a higher strength linked on oh, the Oh, wait, yeah, no, never mind. Yeah, yeah, sorry. But Put Destructo on the baseline as well. All yes, three of them. Have yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you have unrestricted access to your opponent's baseline such that you can put three units on it, it doesn't matter what those three units are, and it doesn't matter if one of them vitalizes anything. Well, yeah, but but in, in, in the situation where you can do all three, Link Golems kind of sucks because it's not going to actually buff anything. It's just going to be a three drop, uh, three health on their base, which stinks. Or, or you buff up, you know, like you said, uh, you you play off of the baseline and buff it up and yeah. you, you get more total stats, but less on the, uh, less directly pressuring the base. I have run into serious problems where like I I draw dead early. And I need to play defense and linked golems is the card I've got to try to open with on five mana. And it's just like, it's so bad. I don't have anything to buff. It's just weak. If you're playing this, like if your four mana play to start off the game is green prototypes and either function wilds or linked golems, which one do you want? Linked golems. Thomas? Well, obviously linked golems, but um, obviously the combo doesn't happen all the time. Yeah, yeah, wait, wait. I want to ask Sabaiku one. If you're opening on three mana 
is Shady Ghoul or West Wind. Which one do you want? Shady. Okay, great. Which card do you never want to see again the entire game? Shady. Exactly. But Link Golems isn't <laughs> quite that bad. Link, no, it's true. Link Golems is not something you never want to see again. It's still very strong as the game goes on. This gets weaker and weaker as the game goes on because it, your opponent has more and more uh, opportunity to respond and you just never get any benefit out of the Vitalize. Maybe I don't get benefit out of the Vitalize, but it's still just a three. It's still just a Westwind, which is not a bad card. It, yeah, and that's what it. Uh, that's what, what I was Westwind just about does. to say. Like it's fine. It, it's going to be an average card. I'm not saying it's bad by any stretch, but I don't know that this buff. This all this buff does is bring it up from bad to average. But okay, what is the best three drop uh, to start off the game with? Uh, excluding MERS because you have, you're building your own specific deck. Under current state, like today on the 27th, I would say that it's uh, Lost Psyches. Yep. And yes. then I would say Function Wilds is in second place because you're almost guaranteed that it's... Yeah, your your opponent on their four mana turn, can they clear this? Yes, they could no. run with the Saber Paws and mm-hmm. a Destructive Bots. That's the only way that they can clear this is with a Saber Paws and uh, one of yeah. the three two strengths. No, green protos into green gale. Green gale does it too. Okay. So there are a couple of unique scenarios where they can clear it. Otherwise (laughs) this is going to get the buff. And yeah, I I agree. It's at the start of the game on three mana. It's going to be one of the better options in your deck. One of the best options in the game. And then you're never going to want to use it again. No, that's not true. No, 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 that's not true. So, so here's the thing about because you have to. No, 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 no. I I play Lost Psyches now instead of Helio Troopers in several of my Shadow Fen decks. I think Lost Psyches is better than Helio Troopers. It's better to open with for sure. And then as the game moves on, it's not quite as good as Helio Troopers when I need to make trades in the mid game. But it's close enough to as good that I don't care. I'm going to say that Function Wilds is better than Lost Psyches to open because I can control exactly where it is and it's going to buff itself. That's fantastic. And then after that, because I can control the trades with this better than Lost Psyches, it's actually a card I want more. Mm-hmm. And what I don't like about Linked Golems is all that conditional placement as well as the requiring of the combo with other constructs. And as the game goes on, it really doesn't feel good, like on your nine, ten mana turn, to keep uh, green prototypes in hand for your combo with linked golems. When in reality, you just wanted to throw the green prototypes away because it's effectively zero strength on the board. I agree. The more I'm thinking about this, the more I think it does, in fact, replace linked golems. Um, you don't have to wait for the combo unless you're going very construct heavy, right? If you're going yes. very construct heavy, then maybe you, you play both. both and you don't play Green Gale. Or that uh, four mana one, the Finite Loopers. Oh, good. If you Please take that out of your deck now. Yeah. If you're playing Finite Loopers, just stop. It's Don't. Finite just, Loopers is disappointing. It is, sadly. Well, that's a topic for another day, though. We've already been talking for a long time. <laughs> this is true. All right, Um, so we will move on from there. Uh, And that's going to be it for the balance changes. A reminder, uh, there is one nerf, that's Fluffy. So if you don't have Fluffy to five, or or as as maxed out as you can make it right now, you get more compensation the higher the level. So get on it. 
and then from there, everything else is a buff, so you won't get anything in return for it. We have uh, to move on from there because we have some new cards to talk about that we're going to see for the first time ever in March. Uh, Tomas. First one. <laughs> Wait, I want to say the name. I'm sorry. I have to because I was a huge Yosemite Sam fan as a child. Uh, and so the Absorb Environments. Uh, please tell me about Absorb Environments. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> so we've got the Ironclad uh, Rodent Ancient. Uh, four mana, and he's going to go from three, four, five, six to seven strength at level five. The ability is before moving, make all friendly ancients on the board, pull enemy units from behind, and then deal three damage to all pulled units. So I think overall he's mostly just going to get 10 total strength uh, value for each mm -hmm. time you play it. The thing that I really like about this thing is if your opponent decides that they want to go aggro and ignore this thing and the unit behind, the varmints can just continually pull whatever is behind it across the entire board. I, I know that's never going to happen, but it just is hilarious in my it's mind to say that. absolutely hilarious <laughs> to think about that happening. <laughs> I base lock you. No, I base lock. No, I base. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> so fun card, unique one. Um, it's probably gonna see some play, not a whole lot, a little bit. What are your guys' thoughts? I, I think more than a little bit. Um, it has movement, so it works right away. It, it works with itself. It'll pull anything behind it. It's easy to pair with something like erratic neglect. So you can get uh, maybe a twofer as soon as you play it on five mana. Um, it's it's not something you want to play early, obviously, because there's not going to be any opposing units behind you at that point. Like you said, when you're when you're pushing, uh, and you want to just uh, turn the tables and uh, attack and ignore your opponent's aggression. This lets you do that in the same way that Frost Hexers and an aggressive uh, Winter deck will let you do that. So many car decks are now running Lost Psyches as an opening three drop anyway. So mid to late game, seven, eight, nine mana, I could see just playing Lost Psyches seeing whichever column it decides to put itself on the baseline great i'll put absorbing varmints to the side of it whichever side is more advantageous to pull more stuff off my baseline this just feels good it's not great but it's good yeah that's true for some reason i was thinking it was whenever one of your ancients moved they did that it's whenever he moves all of your ancients get that trigger okay yes yep, yep. so cool. you know damage wise Three damage is not a ton. If you actually get two triggers off of it, you'll probably clear whatever was behind it. Um, but what has me concerned about this card is the max of seven strength on a four yes. mana card. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's relatively easy for your opponent to clear. Um, and that, that Helio Troopers will do it. it. You know it won't though. <laughs> that function crappy wild. function wise. <laughs> 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 there we go. <laughs> uh, oh, no, I like this card. I, I think this I like is it. good. I, I think it's good. I think it'll see a lot of play. Uh, it really just comes down to how creatively you can use it. Uh, I, I Like I said, my only real concern with it is, is the strength. I, I don't think it'll see play because I still see Windmakers being the right card in this slot generally. 
the one downside to Windmakers is that you have to play it defensively. Exactly. Whereas this puts seven on their baseline. While playing defense, right? Offense and defense uh-huh. at the same time. It, and that's... Well, it, it's weird because I guess now that you say that, this is like opposite decks. So most Ironclad decks are just mid-rangey, rushy, aggressive deck, and Windmakers is your one tempo card and this is kind of the opposite where you could actually use this a little bit more for the aggression so mm-hmm. uh, i guess maybe it fits in the same deck even you just get to be a little bit more aggressive with this yeah i, I think the mistake for this one is i would not overwhelm your deck with ancients like being able to pull two units is already fantastic i think being able to pull one unit i don't know that i would n- intentionally add any additional ancients than you already wanted to play just to use absorbing varmints mm-hmm. i i think lost psyche should probably be in the deck anyway so you have two that's enough yeah so the number one reason i'm still skeptical of this though is because this is a uh, baby boomstick Ooh, sort of no. but here's the thing boomstick is not bad Boomstick is just way it's too not? Ex- no, it's just way too expensive for what it oh, does. Oh, okay. Yeah, like the effect is good. Well, yeah, but wait, Boomstick doesn't pull stuff. Like, like it doesn't need like, to when it does eight damage. Yes, it does. Okay, my opponent drops a siren on their baseline. I just stick this on their baseline and be like, "What's going on?" I don't Boomstick a siren or not a siren. Uh, uh, sorry, Lady Rhyme. I get the two of them confused because they're both played by Winter. That you know. <laughs> Only ever plays Legends and Gift of the Wise. But like pulling units back is a big deal. The problem is with 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 pulling, you have to have front. And that's not always necessarily a given. Well, in, in the situation you describe, your opponent is a winter player. They're going ham and just saying, look, I'm going to put a huge rhyme on your on your baseline because... I assume that you can't kill me here. Yes. Yeah, this buys you extra time. To be clear, this is the card you play. For all of you out there who think they need to play Confinement to to not lose to Lady Rhyme decks, this is the card you add to your Ironclad versions of your decks instead. I like that. Yeah, I, I used to uh, win almost all of my Reckless Rush mirrors uh, back when Hysteria was two mana. Because I would not try to trade, and I would let my opponent go to the to my baseline, and then on six mana, I would hysteria one of his units into the other and play devastators on my baseline, uh, you know, on, on their baseline, kind of a thing. And that was it. Like I just needed to keep enough damage off my base so that I had one more turn. So in an icy rush versus icy rush battle, this feels like the winning card. Or you could put Flooding the Gates. I mean, whichever one (laughs) is more your style. I guess I'm a little bit more convinced now. Um, I think you guys have swayed me enough to actually give this uh, a better shake at it. Yeah, this is good. This is, I mean, again, it's not great. It's good, but it's good. Yep, yep. I I think it'd be solid. A solid A or B tier card in your deck. You're never going to be unhappy when you play it. No, yeah, exactly You're not playing it in every situation. But, nope. Yeah. Okay. All right, Thomas, you can have Plague Monarchs. Alrighty. So, we finally have the Shadowfen one, five mana, and the main body strength is three, three, four, four, five at level five. Before moving, make all friendly ancients on the board drain three strength from a surrounding enemy poisoned unit. This one I think has the most potential. Um, you have a 
to completely build a deck around this one, unlike the other ones that we've been talking. I guess Oregon uh, originally also required a deck build around, but this guy, you have to have build a shot or a poison deck and also have a lot of uh, the ancients as well in the deck. But if you do, my god, you are getting a complete board wipe on your opponent. You're turning all of your ancients into witches of the wild. Yeah, but man. So 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 you need Venomfall Spire to make this work. Yes. This yeah. is a Venomfall deck. So sure. I've I've been messing around with Copper Skin and Mark Dispray a little bit recently and like the number of times that Copper Skin poisoned a bunch of units uh, when I play it, and then the next turn there's nothing left on the board to mark. Like this is going to end up being the same way. You just need the Venom Fall, unfortunately. Um, otherwise, it's just never going to happen. Yeah, and that's that's the problem with it is because it needs specifically a structure to work. It never can become a meta card because. If this ever started to dominate, people just start adding in execution and then the game's over. Without the Venom Fall out, this is just too difficult, right? Well, it, it, at the bare minimum, it makes you play an extra two mana uh, with the Copper Skin on the same turn as the Plague Monarchs, right? So, so well, well, but if you put your mana into the so so like my opponent opens with a couple of cards whatever i put my mana into a venom fall they put their mana into removing my venom fall there's still multiple unpoisoned units on the board i don't have like at some point i have to figure out how to turn the tide to not only poison their units but then somehow miraculously spread a bunch of ancients around the board such that they are all capable of draining from my opponent's units that I never bothered to deal with in the first place because I was too busy putting a Venom Fall on the board. Fragmented Essences does a great job of, of splitting and making sure that there's a bunch of stuff on the board. It's true. No, it does. It, it's it's a very good... And, and the 4-drop as well the, does a pretty good job at this sort of thing. I just like... But if you're playing those cards, you can't afford Venom Fall. So then how are you ever poisoning anything? Well, so some of the uh, uh, poison decks that have been doing pretty good up in Heroes League have been like these um, super controlling packages that are all the poison cards and then um, uh, the convert package as well, the three convert cards. I can't think of their names off the top of my head. But, Blood Ministers, Clerics, and, and Curse of Strings. Yes, thank you. But yeah, You're instead welcome. of like those three cards, you do Plague Monarchs and um, Fragmented, and then you've got one extra card to, to add to your deck for whatever situation you're running into. Your better bet is to play the Convert cards. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the problem. It's, it, it feels really, really difficult to set up. I, I don't deny, Thomas, I think you're right. Like the power level is there if you can get it to work. Like especially like even just one poisoned unit with a fragmented that split up and is on either side of it. Like you take six away from it. You gain six on each, uh, three on each fragmented. That, that feels pretty good. Well, so like, let's think about it this way. Let's say I throw a, uh, a, a copper skin into... Oh, sorry, not a copper skin. Uh, am I am I drawing a blank here? The, give me the three mana, two movement. Lime limb? Toad. Nope, three mana, two movement, toad, one health. 
poisons. Oh, Crimson Sentry. Crimson Sentry, thank you. So I throw Crimson Sentry forward. This gives me front, and it crashes into some stuff to hopefully poison all of it. And then I can stick my, you know, little, I don't know, erratic neglects right, you know, right where the, the Crimson exploded. And then I play Plague Mark. So this is like a nine mana combo, three cards. And the odds of any of those units surviving to be drained is pretty low. Like at the end of the day, my erratic neglects, instead of being five, is maybe, I don't know, eight, well, seven. So ideally, I think you have either A, stuck a Venom Fall Spire on the board so that as they play stuff, it gets poisoned and then you can respond with the plague monarchs, which itself does have movement. So you get the trigger on the same turn. And also sure. it is itself a friendly ancient. So it will drain itself also. Okay. Okay. Um, yep. Or you have poisoned stuff the previous turn with copper skin and let it survive such that now you can play plague monarchs and uh, finish it off. The problem is, if you're leaving your opponent's unit on the board, even poisoned, you're allowing you're them to maintain front. front and you're allowing yeah. them to pressure you. And in return, you're draining units that were not actually, that are now not actually the problem. They're not the ones causing the pressure. Correct. That's, that's kind of where I'm at with this is just like, you know, if this was like a three or four mana card, maybe you could, you could use it, but. I at think five, be way too good at, at that mana cost. At so, four mana, yeah. Like the way isn't of, that crazy? the The difference between four and five, I think it would be ridiculous at four mana. I think I would play it all the time. At four mana, it'd just be witches. No, no, because again, witches can always be used. It will drain off your own units, which is fantastic. A lot of times, because it still leaves a unit that your opponent needs to clear before they can attack the witches on their baseline, right? So in a situation where your opponent's like had to trade left or right on their baseline, I'm going to stick a unit to the side of it. I'm going to witches. I'm going to get a double witches. I'm going to clear your unit and I'm going to leave like two health behind uh, of protecting my witches. Does, is that easy for you to clear? Yes, but you still need to spend mana and a card before you can even start to try to chip away at my witches. That's fantastic. This like the poison requirement is so difficult. Having tried to make Mark Does Prey work, it can work. But boy, the ratio of poisoning usefully to synergizing with poisoned units is not quite balanced. It is much more... Po it, it, it is more... Po How do I want to say this? Toxic Sack and Crimson Century blow up units and there's nothing left behind. So you try to use them to poison units and it doesn't work out because it ends up just clearing them. So you're reliant entirely on Venom Fall and Copper Skin. And gosh, it is really hard to keep those two paired up with your Amber Hides and your Marked as Prey. So if on top of that, I've got to try to keep them in cycle with, with this. Gosh, I don't this know, thing, man. Well, so to your point, the... Um... Crimson and Toxic are destroying the strength from your opponent's stuff, and so Amber Hides generally has a hard time getting the, the total value that eight strength um, drained from the opponent's thing. This thing 
being only three, obviously, uh, on its face is worse, but you're probably actually only getting about that much strength. Training. No, no, I struggle to find a marked as prey thing. Like I will throw my a crimson forward and everything that gets poisoned is dead. On my next turn, there is nothing to marked. Yep. It, nothing. It for sure has to go into a Venomfall deck. But like I said, there's been a very good Hunter League ranked one floating around out there. And Amber Hides is more targeted to the uh, Go Tall decks. Plague Monarchs is geared towards the Go Wide decks. Sure, but but I was already running Blood Ministers in that deck anyway, and that feels better. Uh, does it? No, no, it doesn't. No? I don't think so. Because one, this is one mana cost cheaper. Number two, it's got movement. And number three, uh, you don't have the board positional requirements that Blood Ministers would have. This could be on the left-hand side, your Fragmented or your Lost Psyches could be over on the right-hand side, or your Historic Protectors, whatever else um, you've okay. decided to throw in. It is surrounding, not bordering. This is true. Hmm. I think it's got potential. It's got potential. I agree with that. It's it's going to be very, very difficult to play it well, uh, I suspect. Yes. To, yeah. To be clear, I've never been good at playing the, the Shadow Fen decks, but the players that are very good with them, kind of similar how to how Pineapple is an amazing winter player that destroys me every single time. And even when I copy their deck, <laughs> I cannot play it and I will it lose. It doesn't work. The same thing is true for these Shadowfen Poison decks. I can't play them very well, but when I get paired against them, I get annihilated. Well, if any of you are hoping to be able to hone your skills with these two new cards, the good news is there will be brawls that give you zero mana level one copies of each of these cards that you can test out. So you'll be able to play brawls uh, with 13 cards, weirdly, on those weeks. Uh, the Warrior Brawl on March 10th will have Absorbing Varmints. And then the Warrior, the warrior Brawl on uh, March 24th will have Plague Monarchs. Uh, so you can test it out. If you happen to get lucky and find an additional uh, copy of either of those, I believe uh, it's staying the same as it has been, where you can have two copies of zero mana cards in your deck, which is pretty dang sweet. Uh, we also have a couple of quality of life improvements. Uh, the notifications toggle between busy and online uh, to disable or enable incoming requests will be added. Uh, and another small but highly requested feature, multi-buy, so that you can buy several books at once. Damn! So, Baigu, this one's exciting. Yes, this will save my thumbs so much tapping. Wait, you use your thumbs to buy? Uh, so, um, yeah, after... I only play on my phone. I only play on my phone as well, uh, but the whole reason why I had level five needle blasts is because of thumb instead of, fin of four fingers, so I only use my four finger now. <laughs> All right, well, that's going to end the main portion of this episode, which means it's time for me to remind you to please contact us, preferably in our channel on Stormbound. Uh, uh, pardon me. In our channel on the Stormbound Discord server. Or on Twitter at BroodSages. You can always email us at thebroodsages at gmail.com. Uh, we did not hear from anyone this week. We did get a request, and I just want to give a quick shout out to Maxwell. Uh, yes, we will be doing your deck detective uh, on your deck very soon. This one, because of the way patch notes work out, it's always a long episode. We just could not afford to do it. But don't worry, my friend. 
we will check that deck out as soon as we can, and we will give you all of our thoughts on it. Uh, so look for that very soon. That's going to do it for this episode for Sabaiku and Thomas. I am Freeloader. We are the Brood Sages reminding you to stay hydrated. <laughs>